structures are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. We invite here, they are thinking differently, and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later, after you have listened to them closely. For now, we don't want to impress you with what they have done, we want to impress you with what they have to say. The Modern Revolution will be podcasted. Okay, well, welcome back to the Modern Revolution. And we're so glad you've returned. As you know, uh, when we bring on guests, we don't spend a lot of time explaining why you should listen to them. Instead, we focus on asking you to listen to them. And should they resonate with you? Uh, we're now housing the show notes at the3minuteuplift.com and you will see uh, the interviews, the videos there, as well as the audio will get distributed to all the usual suspects. So. If you find our guest compelling today, we encourage you to learn more about her and you can do so, um, you can do so at the three-minuteuplift.com in the show notes. So today we're really lucky uh, to have Julie DeLuca Collins join us. And Julie, the way we like to start these is to ask you to encapsulate what you're doing in the world. So if I was to ask you, what problem are you trying to solve in the world? How would you talk about that? I think that what I am doing in the world finally is living in my purpose. And it sounds like so big and abstract, but I am helping individuals do the same. Okay. And I'm doing it because for so long I was able to grow and learn and gain skills that used, um, that helped me in the life that I wanted to live. And as I began to see that these gifts can not only just benefit me can benefit other people people that maybe didn't have the same opportunities or the same background or the same instances but still have really clear dreams for themselves or clear goals and expectations of the type of life they want to have i am partnering with them to help them get there you're in the dream fulfillment business in a sense huh? that's right I, I am a confident dreamer i like it i like <laughs> and it i want others to do the same because sometimes it takes someone believing in you Indeed. to be confident in, in, in the things that you can achieve. So you're helping people align with their true self and move them in the direction of their dreams, of their aspirations, of their, of their highest self. And, you know, that's about as good a work as a person can spend their time doing as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, I mean, this is uh, also not an easy task. I mean, this is something that you're trying to remove obstacles. I'm sure heightened self-awareness of, you know, ways in which people are getting in their own way. So you've chosen something that is uh, not an easy road. Mm -hmm. So my question then is, was there a moment in time where you knew this is the work I wanted to do? Or did your decision to uh, counsel people in a way to help them achieve their highest purpose, did that happen over time? So is it an epiphany or did it happen gradually? So I think it's a combination of both. I can tell you that on March 23rd, 2020, I had about 5.30 p.m. I, I hung up from a conversation and I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. 
And this is exactly what I decided to move forward with. However, um, I think that in the back of my mind and in my heart, there was that little calling, right? That's kind of like nagging at you, like, okay, you should be doing this. Or maybe, and, and I keep saying, oh, you know what? In the future, I'm going to maybe pursue that. Or that would be an avenue that I'll walk down um, at some point. Sure. But, you know, we become so comfortable with the discomfort of everyday life or everyday life becomes that white noise that we surround ourselves with that we don't realize that maybe it's time to shift maybe it's time to do something different but it will require work it will require some discomfort as well and that's when i when i decided and i've had that that little inkling that i needed to be doing this but it wasn't until that particular day that i decided well, to go in this March direction 23rd i mean doesn't get much more specific mm. uh than you know the date and time which sounds like an epiphany to me even if it was culminating you know piece by piece over time bam it's it uh it snapped into into focus because it's so specific I mean, was there something else monumentous going yeah, on so that day? I'm, ha I'm happy to share. So I, um, my last role in corporate America was as chief innovation officer of a national educational company. And I oversaw all of the business development and all of the organizational um, operations that we did in contracts with school districts nationwide, predominantly in New York City. Okay. In March 23rd, 2020, the pandemic had just, we had just gone into lockdown. Yeah. And as you will know, many of the schools stopped meeting in person. And the big thing that we did as an organization is provide services in person. So the company was in a position in which in order to be able to survive, we needed to make the difficult decision to separate. And although it is a company that I am so indebted to, you know, the founder of the company and I, she was my mentor, my friend, um, and she has, you know, she passed away in 2017 and I still had all that um, uh, loyalty toward her and the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I think that that was the best decision for us to separate in order for the organization to go on. And at that particular day, the CEO and I had the difficult conversation. And I remember the time, obviously, because it was, um, I, I, you know, I just, I remember days and times very easily. But I remember it was the end of the day when yeah. we actually spoke. So yeah. I, I, I knew exactly what was going on. And that I, as I got off the phone, it certainly was a painful conversation. It was a conversation that I was not expecting. It was also a conversation that I knew he's doing the right thing. Okay. And I, I hung up the phone with a mixture of uh, pain, but also knowing exactly what was next for me. Wow. Well, you, you took a road prior to this that wasn't easy either. I mean, those, that's not a small challenge, what you were involved in when you were working for other people. And now you're your your own woman work out there in the world bringing things from your imagination out there in the world without an intermediary of somebody else's vision which is amazing you know my sister uh is she's a, a big shot in the nursing world and she oversees these nursing lines of businesses and 600 nurses and and her uh you know set of responsibilities and she's seen so much death in the last uh mm. you know two years and and so it sounds like uh you know, with her, I think she has a great perspective because she's seen so many extreme things. And it sounds like to me, you know, there was some extra, extreme situations going on right at that time mm -hmm. in your life. 
And yeah. I'm just curious, was the rub of, hey, I only got one life here and there's a, you know, there's a certain ex extremeness yeah. to it, but I don't take, but I don't use my time wisely. It does run out, right? I mean, it's not, it's not an infinite resource. Yeah, I think that it was the intersection of so many different things for me. I, okay. um, I was having a big monumental birthday a month later. Okay. And obviously, you know, birthdays are something that I always enjoy celebrating. I am not one to shy away from telling you how old I am or that I have a birthday coming up. I believe that April is my month. <laughs> I will celebrate it the whole time around. But of course, as you're hitting these milestones in your life, you begin to think. And I know that I, I worked again in an organization that was doing a lot of really good stuff. Right. We were going into inner city. We were teaching teachers that teach these kids. We were uh, really helping students um, gain the skills in literacy that sometimes when they're lacking, it really is a predictor of how they can succeed. So I knew that it was a lot of work and I had my contribution, but right. I also felt that I still want to make a mark. Yeah. And I want to make a mark and maybe something that is really branded to me right. with my own stamp on it. Because at the end of the day, when we work for a company, when we work for somebody else, we're also following their values. We're following their system. And although we adopt them as people that work for a company, there's something different when it's your own. And this is what I'm trying to create. And this is what I'm really um hoping to instill in other women in particular when I work with them is that our values impact the work that we do in in our own business or if we're even in a company yes we have to align our values to that organization as well and that's what brings happiness but ultimately our mark is left by just being able to speak your words and saying what you have to say and sharing your gifts because only you have those gifts so you can walk in the walk. I mean, you know, you, it's, it's, it's scary and hard. I mean, your sign says fear mm -hmm. and faith behind you, right? I mean, that's, so you, you, uh, you had something that was bubbling inside you, clarified in, in a moment, you went and you walked your walk, and now you're helping other people align themselves with their purpose. So when you, when you, as you've worked with people over, you know, the, the time that you've been doing this work, what is the, status quo in people's lives that is restraining them currently from you know naturally aligning or in, you know aligning without the help of others yeah. towards their their highest purpose what, what's going on in terms of the status quo for most people there is a commonality that we all have and we forget about our brain is designed to be negative mm. this comes from you know being cave people who had to go out and run away from tigers right yeah. so that 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 happens now that no matter what road we're in our brain is always going to be programmed to protect us it's always going to pro be programmed to fall into the negative emotions and negative feelings and the thoughts that um sometimes keep us from doing the thing right we second guess ourselves all these thought errors like oh maybe i should do this or i shouldn't do that or or catastrophizing that something can go wrong in the future that's the commonality that we all have because what we think creates the emotions that then create the actions that get us the results so okay. that's what i'm finding with a lot of people that we don't think the right thoughts to get us the results we want so in general, I mean, what I'm hearing is that there's that a default position that most people perhaps are bi even biologically trained uh, or, you know, accustomed to or, you know, naturally inclined to 
are those natural impulses can be in the, in the way which kind of, and you're I'm assuming getting people to recognize them first <laughs> as you yeah. move past them. So, I mean, with that must come some assumptions that people have. I mean, that right. maybe the assumption that that voice is the, is the true voice rather than the voice that you're getting them to listen to. So when you think about, when you challenge people, um, this status quo exists, and then you're asking them to do something different. So what assumptions that, that many people bring to you or most people bring to you that then you have to challenge to get them to go in the right direction? You know, one of the biggest things that we all struggle with and, and most of my clients struggle with is asking the right question of themselves. Um, a lot of, um, or, or saying the wrong thing to themselves. So I have a client who, for instance, um, had an opportunity to do something and she was not chosen to okay. move forward with that opportunity. And she said, well, it's coming up again, but I'm not gonna get chosen. I can't do it. Mm. And my question to her is, why don't you ask your brain, how can you do it? Because when your brain, your brain works like a computer. And if you ask the right question, you're gonna start to, your brain is gonna go to work. It's gonna start to come up with the right answer. And I think that this is a lot of what happens for entrepreneurs or people who have big dreams mm -hmm. and maybe haven't gone after them because we tend to fall into the beliefs of like, well, nobody has done that. Or I, you know, what are people going to think? Or I am not good enough. And, and we begin to create all these stories that are, may or may not be true, but we really need to be able to one, have a clear roadmap. And that's one of the things that we create. In addition to shifting some of the mindset, we create a real tangible, what do you do every day to go yeah, after that right. dream? What do you yeah. need to do? And that's a lot of what I help entrepreneurs and individuals with. So, okay, so there's a natural inclination towards negativity that's protective. And then you were challenging this assumption that, hey, maybe that voice isn't, the most accurate voice and then you're right. giving them uh, a chance to to reprogram this computer that uh, will help them formulate plans and goals to move them towards success which is really <laughs> what you're talking about like fulfillment how do you put your own individual yeah. stamp in the world um I, I think it's interesting too when people look at an elon musk or they look at you know steve jobs or somebody extraordinary that has achieved these things that every single time they were at bat, they hit a home run. You know, I mean, they're mm -hmm. unfamiliar with that. This is less, it's less of a straight road than it seems. And so sometimes right. I think people feel like, hey, if it doesn't happen immediately, the guy who invented the segues named Dean came in and uh, he had an expression that I like because uh, he runs, um, he's super wealthy. He runs a program for high school students in which they create these robots and it's become an amazing success. And they were interviewing him about this particular thing. He says, yeah, I'm an overnight success. It just took me 20 years. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, people like, don't realize that. Yeah, that is. So, I mean, ch challenging someone's assumptions is difficult. Uh, getting them to look inward is not an easy task to. Um, so what about this problem do people uh, like, why do they diminish how important it is? Like, what, why, don't, why don't they see this as as serious an issue as it is? I mean, they're blocked, um, yeah. but they're accepting it's blocked before they come to get help. So, so what's, what's that all about? I think that a lot of people also are prone to thinking that change happens overnight. Okay. 
And I think that a lot of people also think, and you know, we're, we're speaking in January, right? I'm not sure when, when you're releasing this, but this is the time of year where people think, oh, I am going to go from sitting on the couch yeah, right. to go to the gym every day and sure. you know, whatever it might be. And we, we tend to have this instant gratification um, mentality. And, and this really is detrimental because what happens is as soon as we fail, hmm. we are less likely to go into the deep end of the pool, right? Sure. Whereas if we start to find evidence that we are capable and the evidence can be found in small increments, right? A 1% level up from their lab from the day before. And just finding that evidence, it automates the behavior and it also makes you feel good. The behavioral lab in Stanford University, um, Dr. B.J. Fogg, who wrote the Tiny Habits book, talks about that change in your brain happens when you feel good. Mm. That's when behavior actually starts to take hold in your brain and becomes automated. And, and this is a lot of what happens for all of us, that we, we make our feel, ourselves feel bad when we don't succeed. And then the more that we feel bad, the less likely we are to move forward. So you're training people to, is a challenge that voice in their head, uh, <laughs> look at things that maybe previously they thought was evidence that things weren't going right, when actually you're saying that there's, a, there's another way to frame that experience. Like, right. Hey, you're, um, what you're doing is actually moving you forward. You just don't, you need to be able to see that. Is that right. You have to really be able to do that. And if you look at the example of Elon Musk, or even, you know, you talked about hitting it out of the park. Um, my dad once told me, um, I, I had a rough, you know, quarter. I don't even know what goal I was going after. And I was really down on myself. And my dad was really someone who was my mentor. And he said, honey, you know, you and I love the Yankees. Um, think of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth had great, great stuff that he's known for and all the home runs that he hit, but he also had the highest strikeouts of anybody else. Right. You have to strike out to be able to hit the home runs. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it. And this is a lot of the mentality that we work through um, with my clients and with the people that I'm helping that we want to go ahead and be willing to fail, be willing to step out and create the simple habits daily that make you look at where you're going, what you did before, but also celebrating where you're at today. Yeah, that Wayne Gretzky has something along those lines too. It's mm -hmm. like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah, for that, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I want people to learn more about you. I hope that they find, you know, your voice compelling and they want to explore what you have to offer. But let's say you were just going to offer the audience something, um, you know, a little nugget. So let's say you were to, you were to suggest a small behavioral change that a person could make to mm -hmm. begin to align themselves with their deepest, truest, highest self. Um, what would you be suggesting to somebody? What, what would you tell them? Okay. So you have to create a tiny habit recipe. And this is oh. the one thing that really makes an impact. And at first your brain is going to say, Oh, how is that going to make a difference? But here it is. Okay. Find a moment in your day, something that it's already automated, right? So for instance, all of us, um, maybe put our feet on the ground, right? In, in the morning, when we first get out of bed, we can't float out of bed, we have to put our feet on the ground. So maybe the tiny habit recipe that you can begin to um, adopt is every time I put my feet on the ground, which is your anchor moment, 
okay. you then move to saying, oh, it's going to be a great day. And then you celebrate that. Oh, yeah, it is going to be a great day. And celebration doesn't have to be something big, doesn't have to be monumental. It just be giving yourself a thumbs up. That begins to train your brain to be positive, right? And from that, tiny habits are kind of like plants. Once you plant one, it begins to either grow up or expand and create the room for other tiny habits and other behaviors to also grow. So find the times in your day, you know, maybe after you brush your teeth, you want to do a couple squats in the bathroom right. or maybe after you put your you take your cup of coffee in the morning you're going to turn on your computer and you're sitting at your computer that's your anchor moment you're going to take a deep breath and just stay in that moment and focus in right and you don't have to make a lot of big changes but begin to create these little moments tiny recipes for yourself that then give room to the bigger behavior okay i like it so so if you can pick one thing that's positive mm -hmm. and then just make it as non-threatening as possible. I mean, you're talking yeah. about, hey, if you can get your feet on the floor, uh, that's something to be grateful about, even if it seems insignificant and orient yourself to, towards the expectation that today's gonna be a good day. Yeah, and I, in and, and true um, disclosure, that whole concept of putting your feet on the ground and saying it's gonna be a great day is what we call uh, the Maui habit, which Dr. Fogg also talks about in his book. And it has really been impactful for myself, my clients, and I encourage everyone to start with something as easy as that because it's a, it's a quick little win. I like it. I mean, there, there, there's that expression, right? It's not that happy people are grateful. It's that grateful people are happy, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, for sure. Uh, that notion that, um, well, I, I love it. So this doesn't cost anybody anything. I mean, it's just, no. a, it's just a habit. It's just a, a, a mental disposition and a counter check against what you're saying might be your natural inclination. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a good day. Or, yeah. Because you know. think about it. How many of us just hear the alarm and like, oh, God, the alarm's <laughs> gone off. It's early. It's morning already. I wasted many years of my life doing yeah. that. And even nowadays, every so often, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 11 degrees outside. I don't think I'm ready to get up. But yeah, we have to start to shift our brain in small ways. So, I, I mean, you, in your life, you've had a lot of accomplishments. You've done a lot of different things. I mean, you're you're a complex person with a variety of different experiences and, and things that people might talk about you. But if you were going to talk about yourself, if you wanted somebody to an associate one of your accomplishments with you, what would that be? What um, what would you want to be associated with? So, you know, unlike a lot of my friends and family, I'm not a mom. I'm an aunt. Okay. And uh, one of the biggest things that I want to be remembered by um, out of the things that I've done is that I wasn't afraid to do the things that scared me. Nice. And uh, one of the particular things that I've done that people think I'm crazy is I've uh, I've been there twice. I haven't finished it, but I will. Is I've done the pilgrimage in Spain, the Camino de Santiago, which is a 749 kilometer walk. <laughs> and I've done about half of it. Wow. Um, and I want to be remembered for someone that, you know, it's not easy. It takes a lot of, um, a lot of stamina and also time, mm -hmm. but the experience, and it's not so much the destination of getting your 700 miles in or, or kilometers rather in, mm -hmm. but what really, um, it's, is the most amazing part of that adventure is the journey is the everyday connections, the people that 
you you can find whether you're doing this pilgrimage or in your own life that you're connected to. I want to be remembered for someone who's not afraid to do those things, but also connected to the people around her. Nice. Well, I, I'll tell you, I mean, from a tiny hobbit's perspective, the notion that, look, 420 mile or 769 kilometers is, uh, I mean, it's accomplished one step at a time, right? That's and, right. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah. I, mean, I, I love the idea of, uh, of that as both a practical and metaphorical um, idea. Uh, and so, I mean, I guess what you're saying to me and tell me if I'm hearing you correctly is that I mean, courage in the face of doubt in the, you know, is something that you would love to impart to the world is, hey, I did this, yeah. let, let me inspire you as well. Is that fair? That's right. Take the next best step. When you're stuck, when you're overwhelmed, when you're not sure what to do, just ask yourself, what's the next best step? And that journey is so worth it. Yeah. The people who will only hear this auditorially and not see the video, I'm repping my jujitsu gym because over the weekend, I got my blue belt. So I'm 51. I started jujitsu about 14, 15 months ago, and I was terrible at it. I'm still bad at it. But, uh, you know, much like what you're saying here, it was something I was intimidated by, but wanted to do. And, uh, and I just, you know, just taking like your pilgrimage one step at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's nice. The uh, blue belt's still a beginner, but, it, um, you yep. know, well, in terms of what you're saying, when I think about, well, do I do that at all? It's an example of something that I feel good about as well. I, I would like people to come and learn about you at, uh, at a blog post at the Three Minute Uplift, but where should people go if they want to deeply understand the work you're doing? Perhaps someone's listening and they go, well, you know what, I, I would like to get more aligned with my deeper self. Where would you have them learn about you? Sure. So you can go into any of the socials at Julie DeLuca Collins with two C's, or you can find me on my website at goconfidentlycoaching.com. Well, Julie, you have a very calming demeanor. I feel calm just in your <laughs> And I don't think you can get a lot done if you're frantic. You know, I think you have to find that center. And uh, and I can tell talking to you that uh, you're, the people who you work with are going to benefit from that sort of very... So you come across people like that. Like, even if I watch the Dalai Lama on YouTube, you know, mm -hmm. he just calms me down because it's like seeing a human being that is such deep roots in, in his own truest self. So I'm grateful that you took the time um, to be with us today. So thank you for oh. sharing your story and, and coming thank on you. and, and uh, giving us a chance to learn about you. Peter, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I want to encourage you to always remember that you are learning and a beginner. You are not terrible at your jujitsu. <laughs> and this has been such a fun conversation, just uh, letting you you know know a little bit more about me i appreciate the opportunity oh it was it was my pleasure um well you know what julie julie deluca collins is a is a modern revolutionary and um like other people that we've talked to she's got a clear-eyed sense of what's important in the world and she's brave enough to bring her thoughts and words to the arena and let them inspire you to bring your thoughts and words to the arena because we need them. Don't keep them locked away. The modern revolution needs us all. Julie, thanks again. Thank you, Peter. Don't forget, go confidently. I love it. <laughs>